Welcome to the Gather Grow Go podcast. I'm Just Kiefer. And I am not Just Wesley Vance. <laughs> and uh, as you know, this, uh, this, during this time, we're on the podcast or in the middle of our series um, interviewing our staff and getting to know our staff a little better. And you might at this point be wondering, where are Daniel and Melissa? They are in the hot seat today. I know. Melissa is sitting across from me right now in the hot seat, and she's going to be interviewed, and uh, we've got Daniel up later on the podcast. And It feels like I'm about to be interviewed. Y'all yes. are both sitting across yeah. from me. We're yeah. so ready for it's this. It's pretty intense. We've, we're staring her down. Um, and There's the swinging lampshade <laughs> yeah. set up just for this. Yeah, this is this is really great. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have Wesley here uh, co-conspiring with me as a, as a uh, host here, and so... Yeah, are you ready to get this underway, Melissa? I'm so ready. Not right. really, but yeah. let's do it. Oh, I bet you're going to be just great. <laughs> so the first question that we've been kicking off and that you guys yeah. have been asking everybody that's been on the podcast is, why Why are you in ministry? What What has brought you here? What maybe early in your life or yeah. late in your life? Why are you in ministry and why are you here with us? How much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like I have gotten so used to in the process that leads up to ordination, right? I've been ordained for just over, fully ordained for just over a year now. Um, been serving in ministry for over five. Um, but I get that story can become so rote. Um, so I actually want to point to a bit of a different piece, two different little pieces of my story. I can remember there was a time when I was in junior high where um, my youth director, he was actually leaving um, our church and it was a good thing. We were celebrating him. We were mourning his loss, right? Like that he was about to leave. And we had this um, last big event that he was a part of, and it was called the Purple Leopard Lounge. And it was actually a New Year's Eve party that our youth would have. So you'd do your typical stuff with your parents. And then this started at like 10 p.m. and went to like 1 a.m., I want to say. And we did a giant youth talent show. Well, I had come across when we were shopping um, for like other Christmas things, a stocking that was velvet plush, like super luxurious, deep royal purple with a leopard trim around (laughs) the entire thing. And I was like, it was meant to be. So I bought that and then I got one of my friends to help me and we filled it with things that were important to our youth director. And then I talked to some of the adults and his... um, like so her and I uh, my friend and I we on behalf of our youth group at the end of this big event at the end of the talent show gave him this gift saying like this is important to us to give this to you Mm -hmm. and like I just thought that was just such an easy thing and obvious thing to do and he pulled us aside after all was over and parents are beginning to pick people up and he looked at me straight in the eyes and he said Melissa you were made for ministry. You're going to do incredible things. And it was like a thing as a kid that I just kind of wrote off. But, you know, for him, it was seeing those giftings of ministry already at work in me. Um, And then another big piece of my my call story that really kicked things off coming from more of a conservative uh, church upbringing that women weren't. I'd never saw a female in a pastoral role until my junior year of college. But one of the ways that God really like hit me over the head was my um, senior year of high school. I just so happened to have like all of these friends that um, from the time one of them wanted to be a kindergarten teacher from the time she was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And she is a kindergarten teacher (laughs) to this day. So 
I had all these friends like that, that from a very young age knew what they wanted to do. And they are all like, all of them are doing that thing. I, on the other hand, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I felt like there was something broken in me. Mm. Um, So I got into a great school, Baylor University. And uh, the thing that I would find myself praying, this prayer, that like now when I look back at it, I'm like, oh my goodness, Melissa, you're so silly. And if you could know where you were today. Um, But it was so genuine at that time. I found myself praying this prayer over and over and over again. Okay, God, I got us into a great school. Now what should I major in? (laughs) Like Just like offering like, that to God. And it was a Sunday morning. The pastor was preaching and I was doing what, you know, no one ever does. I was not listening to the sermon. (laughs) Um, I was, I was praying this prayer. I was distracted and I was praying this prayer. And in that moment in this uh, church, everything just fell away. And I was encompassed in this complete and total darkness, but it wasn't scary. It wasn't, um, overwhelming in a fearful way but instead it was just comforting and and from that place I heard this voice say would you speak for me mm-hmm. and then everything just snapped back into place I was still sitting in the pew and the pastor was still preaching and I felt this peace and comfort about not going to Baylor but but going to my backup school Texas Wesleyan University that I didn't know who John Wesley was or the Methodists were right. um, and I had this piece about being a religion major um, so I'm in ministry because God has called me to be one of the people that aren't sometimes I think pastors get it wrong and we and, and even congregation members can put it in this terms of I'm not called to be set above. I'm called to be set aside. I'm called to be set apart. Um, so I'm in ministry because I was called to be set apart and and that is the best thing I can do with my life. Wow. That's a really cool story. It's amazing to me that how God puts those people yeah. in your life that just kind of say, you know what, you would be really great at doing this. Right. And it ends up meaning just the world. I know I've had a few experiences of that in my life, and it's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing now. So Sounds It's really, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It really is. yeah. What a great story. Right. And it's a great reminder to all of us to like when we see those gifts. Yes. And young people are people Absolutely. looking to find their way to, to call out the things that we see so clearly. Absolutely. Because um, sometimes when it's like our own life and it's right up in front of our faces, we can't even see it. Sure. Yeah. That's a great reminder. Yeah. Well, you sort of just answered this question in one way. but Okay. But other than that, uh-huh. in time when you encountered God yeah. very directly, is there another time that you can recall where you had encountered God and maybe another everything yeah. fell away kind of a moment or something different? Um, part of me just wants to be like, can I tell another Iona story? But I won't. <laughs> you should. Your Iona stories are great. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'll actually tell you another piece of that kind of... Um, I haven't had a lot of what would be labeled mystic experiences in my life, but I've had a few. Um, one of them being that moment where everything fell away. And I've only had that happen one other time. And it was my um, senior year of college. Um, and I uh, was really frustrated that I was about to graduate with this piece of paper that I felt like I was doing what God had called me to, but I had no clue. Like, I was terrified about what I was going to do. I didn't know what kind of job to get. I did not want to go to seminary. I wasn't sure what master degree to pursue, if I should pursue one, just on and on and on. And um, I was taking an independent course of study with a professor. It's a thing you can do when you're at a small university. Right. You can have a one-on-one with a professor, yeah. and it's awesome. So uh, 
I had this course of study with this professor and we were talking about it was it needed to be for a philosophy class because I was a philosophy minor and I tried to take intro to philosophy my last semester of my senior year as a philosophy minor and my advisor looked at me and said no because no, <laughs> I hadn't taken it right. and uh he was like, you're not getting off that easy. So we were talking about more modern philosophers, contemporary philosophers. Um, and we we're supposed to be talking about this guy named Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry is incredible. He's a theologian. He's one of my favorites. He's got lots of great theology on farming and the outdoors and nature. So if that's something you're into, check him out. He's got great poetry around it. So we're supposed to be talking about this man, theologian, philosopher on gardening and farming. And I don't know what prompted it, but I looked at this professor and I just said to her, I don't think women can be pastors. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, why not? Do not know what I said the rest of that class. The next thing I remember was sitting in my car, just crying in my car in the parking lot right outside my dorm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even make it into my dorm. And just crying out to God in a prayer. Why not? Why not? And everything just kind of fell away and I was in this place of darkness and that same voice said why not um so it's hard to say I haven't encountered God with moments like that Um, but I also like to say just I know you asked for one story but this one's much shorter um but there's also when times when I've encountered God in much more quiet ways, like when I was in campus ministry, I knew I was called to that. Like I knew that I was supposed to be doing that for a set apart time. And that wasn't a loud and crazy darkness encompassing voices coming from nowhere. Um, I just remember there was one morning where I got to the Wesley before anyone else was there and I was just unlocking the doors and flipping on the lights. And in those very simple acts of caring for this building that does this incredible ministry, I just felt this peace about this is what I'm supposed to do. So I think, you know, we can encounter God in very quiet and subtle ways and sometimes loud and crazy ways. Yeah. Well, hmm. great story. Yeah. I like I'm all my stories. It's, it's been really interesting for me hearing everybody's stories of when they've encountered God. I think yeah. this is my favorite question on the podcast so far. And uh, but it's I just think that even just with the our two pastors had very different stories and you had mm-hmm. these very quiet kind of quiet moments where you just sort of everything else turns mm-hmm. off and you had these encounters with God and um, and that's that you, it's just it's just cool to see how many different ways people can yeah, yeah. Can encounter that God can get to I us know. you can get he can get to you so many different you ways. can't create like a paper way to mm-hmm. God right. there's no checkbox yeah. system yeah. exactly no. exactly. Well, as you very well know, and mm-hmm. probably everyone else knows up at this point, we are in a sermon series yep. this month called One Sermon to Preach. I've enjoyed it. Yes, and we've enjoyed hearing them. And you just got done giving yep. your one sermon to preach. A great, great message, great story for us on hospitality. Yeah. Charlie, my wife, and I, we got in the car afterwards, and Charlie goes, why do I have the urge to invite her and Patrick over to eat now? Please do! And we were so excited because yeah. you just had got everybody so fired up about hospitality. It was great. But yeah. the last question that we've kind of been asking on the podcast mm-hmm. is what message, if you had that one message, which you've already gotten that chance to, mm-hmm. to be up in front of the congregation, but what's one other thing maybe that you'd want the congregation or the people listening to this podcast to yeah. hear that doesn't get said from you maybe on a... Maybe on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. See, if I had one other thing to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> one more. Kind I'm of. a pastor. Yeah, right. um, yeah, so for me, it really is, it's simply this. 
be with God every day. God is always there. And you don't have to... Um, there, I think in the Christian world, we put some stereotypes, and if you don't do it in this or that way, that you're not doing it right, but but you know what connects you to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and my encouragement to you is to do that daily. Be faithful to that. Um, I'm not telling you to go cloister yourself away in these big, grand ways. Um, it took me a year to be able to do 10 minutes in silence with mm. God, like to get just to that. Right. Um, but if you connect to God sitting outside drinking sweet tea, like and having a conversation with your spouse, do that. If you connect to God running, do that. If you connect to God through opening your Bible and having a quiet moment um, in the morning or is the last thing you do, do that. If you connect to God by coming to our prayer room and praying, do that. But whatever you do, find those ways that you connect to God and do them daily because I promise it shows up. And if you live a life like that, where you're daily doing it, whether it takes you one minute or one hour or the entire day, your life will be transformed. Yeah. And if not, it won't. Right. Right. There's no one, there's no cookie cutter way that you have to get in there and do it this yeah. exact way. Yeah, and just I think do you're it. Right. I think yeah. you're right. There's a stigma about you have to do this. You mm-hmm. have to be on your knees. You have to go to your prayer closet. And are those great resources? Those are such great resources. Absolutely. And, yeah. and people that, that work, if that works for people, mm-hmm. then they should use them. But exactly. don't feel like you have to fall into that. Yeah. Use, use something else that really speaks to you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, I think let's get to the fun stuff. The We've fun kind of stuff. Gotten, I'm ready. gotten through oh all the goodness. deep stuff. All right. <laughs> you here ready we go. For all the fun stuff. So yes. we are moving into our rapid fire round. Rapid fire round. And uh, so the first question: mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, oh, how good of a driver are you? Seven. Seven. Wow. What would you think, Pastor Daniel rated himself? A nine. Oh, okay. He he was an eight. He was, he an, was eight. an eight. An eight. And I've never yeah. driven in the car with you, but he drove to. The lake house when we went that way. I just know what you drive. I figured it. What? I just know what you drive, and I figure Kia Soul drive. I used to drive a Kia Soul as well. I just feel like that's a wild child kind of a car for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) No one drives a Soul. Uh, But uh, all right. Do you snore? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Kind of. Yes, I do. Do you do do the whole wake yourself up snore kind of thing? Very, very rarely, but occasionally, and it's typically after I've had like a long stretch of time Mm -hmm. where I have not like um, stopped or rested well, where I'll wake myself up and it'll be morning time and I'll be like, oh, that's Patrick has to kind of hit you like. We we each have our own method with each other. Yeah. He will um, shake my pillow if mm-hmm. I'm snoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like kick my legs on the mattress, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, what's your favorite uh, carnival amusement park food? Oh, food! I yeah. thought we were going yeah, ride because uh-huh. I love rides. Oh, um, funnel cake. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing. There's you nothing. Can, I mean, you just can't Where else do you yeah, get just, it? Yeah. Up in, well, Daniel didn't go for funnel cake. No, he, for, but he did go for the other, you know, iconic corn, yeah, corn, corn, corn dog. Oh, okay, corn yeah, dog. okay well, what is your favorite ride? Dude? Yeah, we had to, we had <laughs> oh, to go there. Um, I love the, you know, you know the ones that are like, they're really, really tall, and there's only two, like, baskets on either end that are, like, caged in, and those spin while the whole oh, thing is oh spinning. Oh, my gosh. I oh, wow. love those. That's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they had one of those that, were y'all familiar at all with, uh, there's a North Texas amusement park, it was really small. Sandy Lake. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Sandy Lake. I've never sure. been to Sandy Lake. Have you ever been to Sandy Lake? Oh, I know. There no. was one there that was, like, you can 
there was like a wheel on the inside of the cage that you were in. It was a Ferris wheel. Yes. And you could lock yes. it and like make yourself spin yes. on the thing. That's, yeah. That kind of thing. Yep, that, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Those wild. Fun. That's wild. So, are you are you a Harry Potter fan? Absolutely. Okay, so here's here's the next question for okay. you. If Voldemort mm-hmm. came up to you and offered you a hug, would you accept? Oh my goodness! I feel like because of who I am, I would absolutely. <laughs> I would absolutely the, accept the that hug. Has to give him a That's hug. Right. That's right. That's right. But the fan, there's like the redemption. Fan what? Yeah. Well, like even as a fan, I'm like I still hold hope okay. even. It placing myself in those stories of hope for even okay. Voldemort. Oh, right. gosh. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I didn't bother asking Daniel this question. Okay. But we all know where you stand on this, and yes. so I'm just going to go right to it. What is your favorite Marvel superhero? Uh, Captain Marvel. I knew you were going to say That's what, when yeah. you were walking in, and I was like, I already know what she's going to say. So I actually <laughs> have to, like, say that, like, I, um, before the movie came out, um, when I was still doing, uh, college ministry at the UTA Wesley Foundation, one of Kiefer's good friends, uh, Daniel Smyers. You were there for that. I was there for that. He did a depiction. He did a caricature drawing on a giant dry erase board of every person in the Wesley Mm -hmm. um, and like drew the character and then wrote the name of that character and then who it would be. And it was incredible. It took up like, it was like maybe seven rows deep and like all the way across of like all these little characters and he put me down as I would have been Captain Marvel. Oh, that's awesome. And so I didn't know who she was and so at first I was kind of like, what? That's lame. And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, I like her. What would you have said a year ago before the movie came out? Before? Before the movie came out. Oh. Thor. Thor. I love Thor. Right. I yeah. love Thor. Yeah. I love that character. He's funny. Yes. He brings like light and humor, but he can also get the job yeah. done. I don't know. At the Thor, end of the day. Thor just doesn't. You don't expect the humor from him. I don't think. Right. I, but I it's guess there. it's there. He's well, hilarious. They, it's, it's they, they played him as such like bad bad Shakespeare for so long, <laughs> and then they were like, you know what? Scratch that. We're gonna go comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, thank you so much, Melissa. You're I welcome. think that's all we have for you. All yeah. right. It's been yeah. great. Hopefully, we haven't been too uh, too bad. No, I, I sur- right? I survived it. Yeah. I'll go back to being Pastor Melissa, though, in the future. No. <laughs> are you still giving a benediction on this podcast? Oh, so would you like me to? Probably. Mm, I think y'all should. We should? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> uh, well, somebody say amen. Amen. Uh, today, uh, Wesley and I are interviewing uh, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Melissa instead of the other way. So they get to be on the other, they get to be in the hot seat today. Um, and uh, Daniel, you know how this works because you've been doing it, but we're going to ask you several uh, questions that are kind of going deep, uh, and then we're going to move into the rapid fire round, uh, and I'm going to drop that sweet uh, B. Wesley Vance radio voice drop right there. But, I'm uh, excited. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Um, all right. All right, ready? We ready to flip the script on these pastors here? <laughs> all right, so we, like you said, we have Pastor Daniel with us, and um, Pastor Daniel, what... Why are you in ministry? Why you, you we've talked a li- we've heard a little bit about your story with your mom, yeah, and kind of how it started. But how did Daniel Hawkins become Pastor Daniel Hawkins, and how are you here with us right now? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny story. Um, being in pastoral ministry wasn't my 
first idea for life, right? I, I've got a business degree and my initial plan was to, to work in real estate for a number of years and then get a PhD in real estate mm-hmm. and, and ultimately teach, right? Uh, live that tenure life that is radically stable. That's what April signed up for, not right. the itinerant pastor's life. Exactly. Uh, uh, but somewhere along the way, uh, in my early 20s, uh, God just kept tapping on my shoulder, uh, and I kept kind of either negotiating with God and trying to figure out a different way around things or, or ducking all together. Um, it all came in a time to get the Ph.D. I had to uh, take some extra math classes and get the GMAT knocked out of the way. Um, and, and all through the time when I was making those preparations, God was working on my soul, right, wrestling with me. And, and so I went from looking for Ph.D. programs to places that did MBA, MDiv combo degrees, you know, so maybe I could, you know, dive deeper into my faith in, in, in the education world while also continuing to do this business thing, right? Um, but then the day came when I took my GMAT for what turned out to be the last time. And uh, the GMAT's one of those tests where they give you, it's computerized and they give you an automatic uh, or a quick graded, you know, you know what you made when you walk out the building, mm-hmm, right. right? And I walked out of the building knowing that I could get into Penn, which was my number one goal. I'd scored high enough. Now, grades and who knows, we'll see. But, but I had, you know, the big thing I had to check off my list was checked off. And so I called my dad, who's my achievement-oriented parent, right? He, right. He's, he's the guy I need affirmation from, right? Absolutely. And, um, and we had this amazing conversation. I'm sitting uh, in my driveway at my house in Waco there, and, and we're talking. And he asked me a question that just stumped me and really launched me into uh, pastoral ministry. Um, he asked Daniel, it's clear you have the capacity to do a lot of things, but what do you love to do. Mm. Up until that point, I had been so fixated on being who I was supposed to be, right? Um, achieving all that I was supposed to do. Uh, you know, my brother has some special uh, uh, needs, uh, some learning disabilities and things. And so if one of us in our family was going to achieve big things, it was up to me to do it. And mm-hmm. um, for those of you who know Enneagram, I'm a three, which means I'm the achievement oriented <laughs> guy, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so, but when my dad asked me that question, what do you love to do? It freed me to think about my future in a whole new way. And I was able to be open to God's call in that space. And within four months, I was in seminary and, wow. and pushing towards ministry. Wow. And it, it really, it just, it was one of those, I had to be released from this internal expectation, sort of that ivy or bust thing that I know sounds incredibly stupid as I say it, but was an internal reality in my life and yeah. world. So, um, now that I'm doing what I'm doing, I can't imagine doing anything else. Absolutely. It's just incredible how God works and God calls everybody in different ways. And you yeah. can tell, you know, I've, I've been in church all my life that you heard on the podcast before. I'm, I'm a lifelong church goer. And you can tell when somebody has the call and has mm-hmm. the love and has <laughs> had the nudge. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that we can all understand or all appreciate that Daniel has gotten that call mm-hmm. wow. to, to do that. And so we're, we're so glad that he's here with us. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Thank you, Wesley. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, so now that we've heard a little bit about why you have wanted to go into ministry and why that change happened in your life, um, when was a time in your life, maybe even before this encounter with your with your father and this question, and maybe yeah. another time that you've encountered God before before or after that, or just when's the time you've encountered? That's kind of God? like a loaded question it's for a really pastor. Loaded. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have a good one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, let's see. Last two, no. Um, I again, I know we talked about this when we talked about worship and music and things along the way. Uh, 
and I, and I don't want to be cliche about it, but worship is a powerful space for me to encounter God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and often it happens in and through music along the way. Um, this spring I had the chance to, to go um, to Georgia with a, an event from World Methodist Evangelism. And it was a week of worship and learning and growth. And, and worship every night was led by this black gospel choir uh, brought together by people from all around the country, you know, people who hadn't met before along the way. And, and they asked for volunteers, and I wasn't going to do it. Oh. I wasn't going to do it. And then the, the two African-American ladies at my table had heard that I could sing mm. and said, we're going if you go. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. Um, if God nudges, that was the two by four, right? It's like, you are going. Right. Um, and so I spent all week singing in this black gospel choir, singing tenor, which you know is a stretch oh, for no, me. It, there, there are no basses in black gospel choirs. <laughs> right. just, but it is, and yet it was a holy and powerful experience um, being in worship, being able to to not have to think about what's next on the worship agenda and and how are we getting from A to B to C and and what is the preaching text for the day? What is sort of the, the thrust there and just to worship and just to be in a space that was um, unanticipated, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't go into the week expecting to be in a black gospel choir, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my expect, expectation coming into the week was that this was going to be one of those conferences that had the worship praise band led, right? It, it had that feel, and yet when we got there, this is what it was. And and over and over again through that week, um, as my voice hurt a little bit along the way, yeah. um, my soul was full, and God spoke to me in a in a in a big way, wow. and in a time in life when when I needed it, you know, coming out of sure. general conference, which was just painful for all Methodists. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, because of the ugliness with which we, uh, communicated with each other yeah. to be able to just be immersed into the, to that space and worship in a way that mm. is not my own on any normal basis was powerful. Yeah. So that's great. I, the sounds that come out of some of those black gospel Ooh. choirs are just so powerful. I just, you yeah. can't, I mean, you cannot duplicate those sounds no. and can't get that same feeling. No, like our amazing. tenor section was me and two ladies. And, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they would wail, man. Oh, and, wow. they would. and I squeaked, and it was fine. <laughs> I bet uh, you did just great. I bet you did just fine. Well, that's awesome. I, I wish I could actually have that uh, that experience. Maybe one day. Maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll sing some of that. Maybe. So we're in the sermon series in July, as you well know. Right. Uh, <laughs> he one it, ser- it, yeah, he planned it. One it was sermon my bad idea. Yeah, one uh, sermon to preach. And you've actually already given your one sermon to preach, uh, talking to us about openness and just yeah. uh, a great sermon and a great message for all of us here in the congregation. Uh, but staying along the lines with the questions that you've asked everybody else on the podcast, is there maybe another another message or something else that you don't get to say from Sunday to Sunday at the pulpit or, or yeah. while you're talking to people? Is there something that you want the people of the congregation or people that are listening to the, this podcast to hear? Well, what I hope that they hear um, not just in this moment, but throughout this series of podcasts where we get to know our whole team a little bit better, our whole staff team a little better, is that that they are being led and walked alongside by an amazing team of deeply committed disciples. You guys are powerful and passionate and deeply committed to the work that God has called you to do. And I get to see that day in and day out, right? Um I get to see it with our worship team. I get to see it with our behind-the-scenes folks. I get to see it with our kids and, and youth folks when we have youth folks. Um, but not everybody gets to see every bit of that along the way. And so I hope over this month that we are um, 
getting to know our staff a little better that that people get to see the spirits and souls that live in y'all sure. you know um and appreciate the gift that god has given us as a community with the team that surrounds us and, and leads us and equips us along the way awesome that's great yeah. i also like to would just like to publicly thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh Give my one sermon to preach. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes yeah. the music guy, you know, gets stuck up there and he just says, why don't you just go sing a little bit? We don't want to have you speak or anything. <laughs> I so hopefully I, hopefully I do some justice when I get to give my one sermon to preach. I'm excited for weeks. it. I'm yeah, sure you will. It should be a lot of fun. All right, we're ready to move into a little bit more fun things. Yeah, yeah, that we're done with the deep stuff. That's Sweet. What you always say. On the right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, we're moving into our rapid fire round. Rapid fire round. And uh, I'll just go ahead and kick things off. So on a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? Eight. Eight? I, I can okay. I can vouch for that. He drove us out to the lake house. He's a pretty decent driver. Okay. I give him a, yeah, that's a pretty right. good score. Do you snore? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Would April say you snore? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite carnival food or oh, man. food? Oh, uh, man. I'll try almost anything deep fried once. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then uh, there's nothing better than a really good Corn dog or mm. funnel cake? Oh yeah, corn yeah. dog mustard? No, no, no just just, just straight. Ooh, yeah, wow, I know. Right. Have mustard wow. on the corn okay. dog. Yeah, that's so. Oh, sticking with food for just a second. Pineapple? Does it belong on pizza? No, oh. belongs on the plate, but not on the pizza. All right, I yeah. agree. Okay. I agree. I'll okay. eat pineapple all day long, just not on pizza. Right, Charlie. Charlie is. Uh, my wife is of the impression that pineapple belongs on pizza, and I am on your side. It is yeah. not. April thinks April likes it on pizza, but not. I think I like mm. it on pizza. Okay, but. I wasn't raised to. I feel like it's such a. You either get told that you this that is it okay, belong, yeah, or you get told it does, and you or you don't get told anything. <laughs> so right. it's either it doesn't belong, or what do you mean? <laughs> I love a good pineapple. It just cooked pineapple. I, uh, texturally, yeah, it, something's off. And one more that I'd like to ask you from the other people: When you go to the amusement parks, are you the rider or are you going for the food? Oh, um, really, a little bit of both. The rides are hard as a big guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's some I don't fit in very well. Right. Um, but you know. Uh, but you do like the thrill of that. You oh yeah, okay yeah, yeah. With the thrill yeah, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. As long as I don't feel like I'm gonna break my knees gonna, in the midst of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. That's I awesome. enjoy it. That's awesome. Well, thanks. That's that's what we have for you this uh, this afternoon. Perfect. Thanks, well, for, thanks for allowing us to host you on the podcast, flipping yeah. the script on you. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fun. You be in the hot seat for once. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like yeah, it. This is good. Thank you. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast, we're continuing this get to know you theme over the course of July. And, and during this July month and into early August, we in worship are wrestling with the question, if I had one sermon to preach. And, and one of the things that we're doing as a part of that is bringing in some amazing pastors and preachers from across our local area. And one is our very own Pastor Kim. Uh, and Pastor Kim is coming back to, to preach in the vine and in the sanctuary in, toward the end of July. And we've got her here on the podcast today to ask her some of the same random questions we've been asking everybody else around here. And so that maybe you can get to go know her a little bit differently than you've known her over the years along the way. Kim, as we get started, I need you to know that I had Panda Express for lunch, and my fortune cookie said, a thrilling time is in your immediate future. 
That's great. So no pressure. No, <laughs> no pressure. pressure at all. No, no, no. No pressure no. at all. I'm going to keep that in mind as we have a conversation. There you go. Right, right. No pressure. Not at all. Um, as we get started, we'll throw you a softball. Okay. Why are you in ministry? Why am I in ministry? Uh, softball. Yeah, that's right. a softball. Oh, yeah, gosh. Okay, so the basic answer is God called me. I mean, mm. I don't mean that as a cop-out. I mean, really, God called me. Um, but uh, maybe to say a little bit more detailed answer, I spent 20 years as a speech-language pathologist working in public schools and nursing homes and rehab hospitals and all of those things. And it was a great job, but I always felt like I was putting a square peg in a round hole. And I was mm. always like, there's something more or something's not quite settled. And um, years ago when uh, First Cleburne did a visioning thing, they decided that they needed an adult ministry coordinator and I was part of the visioning team that kind of did some of that, the church members who did some of that decision making. And as that position became a reality that we were going to hire it, I just could not let go that I was mm. just maybe supposed to apply to that. Yeah. And um from the first day I walked down the hall, down the children's wing, as a staff member of this church, that square peg and a round hole thing quit being a problem. Mm. Now, mm. My, my call has evolved over that time, but I yeah. will never forget that first day walking yeah. down the hall going, this is it. This mm. is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, there are days it's hard and there are days you're like, what did I agree to do? <laughs> those kinds of things. And yet never did I feel like I was, you know, a three legged chair or couldn't quite fit something in something. It's yeah. it's been a solid foundation since then. And I think that's the Holy Spirit working yeah. in my heart and my mind and my life to 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 give me courage to say yes. And then to give me the the uh, peace that, yeah. that even on those hard days, this is still where you're supposed to be. When Jesus talks about that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that makes no sense, I think what you have just described yeah. is exactly what runs through my mind whenever you yeah, talk about that. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, because there are days that this is hard. I mean, you know, yeah. this is a really hard job, and it asks a lot of you, and it asks a lot of your family, and those kinds of things, and even on those days... I don't have that unsettled feeling mm. that I always had, even on my best days in that okay. other job, which, it, it, and I love that job. It's, so that, so that I guess that's the, that's a, you know, I mean, that's one of those questions you keep, you keep talking about yeah. for a very long time, right? Yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a question that has onion layers of answers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you also kind of jumped the gun, and I feel like you've already answered a way that you've encountered God in just this hallway that we're actually just sitting just adjacent to right uh -huh. now as we yeah. talk. But I wonder if there's another story of a time that you encountered God that you would share with us. Oh, gosh, so many. Um you know, one that stands out to me mm -hmm. often, um, I did, before I ever started working for the church, I spent six years working in Epiphany Ministries, which is mm -hmm. a prison yeah, ministry yeah. for juveniles that are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And the team I worked with went to Mark, Texas, to the at the time it was the boys' juvenile prison there. And um, there's a time in those Epiphany weekends where the boys are asked to nail things on a cross that they want to either be forgiven for or that they want to forgive. Mm. And there was one boy this one time that just refused to nail anything to the cross. He just couldn't do it. 
and and right after that there's this big party we have nachos and cake and all kinds of stuff after we nail our things on the cross and we were at the party mm -hmm. and this boy came up to me and he said um, I think I want to nail uh, you know my things on the cross and I said okay let me you know you're in prison so you have to go find a nail and a hammer and get special yeah. permission to pull them yeah. out of the locked case and all of that I said I'll be right back so I went and get all that and when I walked into the room we had shifted rooms when I walked into the room there was the cross with all of these things on it and there was this young man I walked in his back was to me and this man this young man in orange just in front of that cross holding mm. that paper crying mm. and that was such a moment of god's spirit working on yeah. him and god's spirit moving in his life so he knows that he's forgiven and has received that love and forgiveness in a way he's never received it before and 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 watching that happen and god do that helped me to like completely check into God's love and forgiveness for me, for all people. Mm, yeah. Like it was a time when I understood the cross and and all of that in a deeper way. It was it was crazy amazing, and it's like a picture in my mind that is so clear and vivid of that mm. young man standing in front of that yeah. cross. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was it was an amazing moment. I'm thankful for it almost every day. Mm. The way you tell that story, you know, I wasn't there, but I can see it. Uh, yeah. And that's a gift that you offer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a story that's vivid, so it's an, <laughs> it's an easier story to share because it's yeah. so vivid. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to get a crack here in just a couple weeks at the If You Had One Sermon Preach, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. um, but we also were wondering if you had one message to share with this congregation, mm. what would you say to them? Hmm. One message to this congregation. Um, they probably already know this from me because I've, I've made a point to say it a couple of times uh, as, as, as I served here um, and especially as I was leaving. But mm. I think God has a call on communities of faith, on churches in the same way that God has calls on lives. Mm -hmm. And so God's call on churches, church, different churches are called to do different things things. Mm. We're not all called to do the same thing, just like all people aren't called. And I feel like this church is called, one of the its biggest calls is to raise up um, mm. people in ministry, whether that is vocational ministry like youth director or whether that is ordained kind of yeah. ministry. Um, I think they're called to create space that people yeah. can make mistakes and stumble a little and not be perfect. And yet they do such a good job of lovingly mold and guide this congregation does that. They, they let you make mistakes and they also go, eh, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, all at the same time. And yeah. they, and they, if you look at the history of this church, they've done that. There are lots of, there, the, I, you know, the Brower boys, David Alexander, I mean, mm -hmm. myself, yeah. Marianne Brown Trigg, and yeah. there's lots of Haley House. This church has done that. And so I, I hope that they that this church continues to embrace that and allow that to be a place where people can come and be challenged and grow and also be loved and accepted in the midst of, you know, sometimes falling on their face and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, because that will happen. Yes. Despite our best intentions, yes. it happens along yes. the way. Yes. For the seasoned oh. and unseasoned. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so now we're going to move into a, a bit of a rapid fire round. Rapid fire round. And okay. so quick response, yes, no, up, down, you know. Um, 
Banana pudding, up or down? Up. Awesome. Marvel, amazing or trash? Oh, like Marvel Comics. Yeah, amazing. and the movies. Yes, thank you. <sighs> uh, pretzels, hard or soft? Soft. Very good. Peanut butter, smooth or crunchy? Smooth. Mm. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, what is a job that people could pay you enough to do, but it'd take a lot of money to make you do it? Um, cleaning out the grease trap at restaurants. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, what's a TV show you're watching right now? Um, oh my gosh, I just started watching this really crazy TV show on Prime called Off the Cuff. Okay. And it is a show, kind of a docu, kind of yeah. drama, kind of a, not a docudrama, kind of like a documentary. And they go into like these unique communities in the United States. And they, and so like there's a place in California called Slab City that's this like homeless city that people live. And so they spend a whole show talking about that. There's this whole show that's about like Renaissance um, reenactment. People go for 10 yeah. days. Mm, wow. And yeah, there's yeah. like 10,000 people that go for this wow. 10 days. And so each show is about That's a cool. different community in the United States, bizarre, kind of off the grid uh-huh. kind of community. So awesome. It's been kind of fun. That is cool. Mm-hmm. You going anywhere this summer? We're, we just got back. Okay. Where'd we you got, go? We got back from Oregon. We nice. went We went to um, the wine country and did a little wine tasting. And then we went to the coast and mm. did a little sitting on the beach yeah. and staring at the ocean. And yeah, it was great. But Oregon Beach is the best. Oh you got gosh. mountains behind you and forests behind yeah. you and the Pacific right here. And, and nothing oh, yeah. like. And then yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but instead of like American Express, if you have it, to be sure you don't leave home without it. Apparently, right. people in Oregon, they have this thing if you have a dog, don't leave home without it <laughs> because there are dogs. Dogs everywhere. <laughs> so we dog watched like crazy. Oh my gosh, it was so fantastic. That's there awesome. were just dogs everywhere. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very good. So you have a job. What is your job? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, to love people. To mm-hmm. love God and to love people. And 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 how that looks uh, every week is things like sermons and um uh, hospital visits, yeah. how that w- w- looks over the course of the month might be something like VBS or might be something like delivering a Meals on Wheels meal or, you know, but love God, love people is, I get paid to do that. That's mm. crazy amazing. That's awesome. Does they give you a title with that job? They do. Yeah. They do. They, they, so, they Somehow they think that's a pastor. <laughs> I think it's kind of all people. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, when was the last time you laughed the hardest? And what were you doing? Oh, my goodness. When was the last time I laughed the hardest? Mm, it probably was. Uh, so we have two kids, Becca and Zach, and they each have um, significant people in their lives. They're couples now, Jake and Boo. And um, we were on a vacation, and mm. we were all staying up too late one night mm-hmm. playing games around a table and we were up too late yeah. we got a little punchy and when your kids get to be adults it's so great to just be able to be with them in a different way and oh my gosh yeah. I, by the time we were done we were all, we were laughing so hard we were crying it's great oh that's awesome that is All so right. fantastic last one 
what is an unexpected spiritual practice that you have? So beyond reading scripture, beyond prayer, that kind of thing, what is a way that you connect with God? Hmm. I don't know if it's unexpected, but I try to spend some time outside every day. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee outside or whether it's coming home at the end of the day and sitting outside. Um, and I just try to just be mm -hmm. outside yeah. and connect to the creator. I mean, I try to just be and, and kind of check into the fact that God is all around me everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just have this draw to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I strive to do that if I can, even if it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> even if. Oh. <laughs> There's about is. three weeks a year in Texas where that is radically comfortable. Um, yeah. To be outside. Yeah, yeah. That's and the rest you, of the year, it's, that's why you get up early. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why it's you not get bad up. at five a.m. Yes, you uh. get up and you get outside at five or six or six thirty, and you can be outside for a little bit without going. Okay, this. I, I know I love you, God, but you know this, <laughs> this is a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. God, air conditioning. Yeah, it's difficult. Well, Kim, thank you so thank much for you. your time. Thank you for coming and offering your sermon with us as a I community. It's going to be awesome along the way. And thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. It's been fun. God bless. It's been thrilling. It has uh, been a thrill. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Just Kiefer, uh, and it has been such a joy to get to interview the pastors and put them in the hot seat and, and interview Reverend Kim Long and everybody that's been a part of this uh, one sermon series. This has just been a great series and uh, just a really amazing time for our church. And now that we've gathered today, I invite you to grow this week. This week, be intentional in finding or doing or maybe even discovering for the first time your unexpected spiritual practice, whatever that looks like for you. And I want you to look for the Holy Spirit everywhere you go, especially in new and unexpected places, and be ready to encounter God in the big questions or in those quiet moments where everything else falls away and that veil is torn open. And now, go. Go simply with the grace and kindness of our Lord Jesus so that any stranger you meet may find in you a generous friend. Amen.